Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Balanced Bond Podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm your host, Jordan Younger, and today we have a fabulous guest, Lisa Haim. I've known Lisa since my days in New York City when I lived there, started The Blonde Vegan back in the day. A mutual friend introduced us. We were both early adopters of the Instagram wellness community, and Lisa had a blog at the time, I believe, or maybe she just had an Instagram at the time that turned into her blog called The Well Necessities, and and we instantly just had so much in common. We started doing yoga together. And even when I moved back to LA, we remained friends and we have a lot of mutual friends and truly the trajectory of our lives has been very similar over the last nearly decade. And we talk about that a lot in this episode, so I won't spoil it for you here, but you'll hear all about it. We also talk about Lisa's practice as a dietitian. We talk about boundaries with social media, digital detoxes, and how we are both stepping into being teachers rather than influencers in our respective spaces. Lisa is pregnant. She's expecting her first child this summer. And I couldn't be more excited for her and her husband, Evan. They're going to be incredible parents. So I know that you'll love this episode. This one was really special to me. I know I say that every week because it's true, but this one was really special to me because it was truly catching up with an old friend and talking to such a like-minded human who really has such similar boundaries and such a similar outlook to this space. And what you guys probably don't know, unless you're also in the social media space, is that this is a really interesting career to grow up in since Lisa and I both started when we were in our early 20s and now we are married and in this new phase of life, she's an expecting mother and we just have so many things that we want to do. And we also have these energetic boundaries that have to be strong and we're both very sensitive to energy. So talking to her in this conversation just taught me so much about the goals that I have moving forward and the way that I want to lay out my life and my career. And there's just so many gems in here. Lisa's very wise and she's also just such a joy to talk to and so much fun. So I know you guys will love this conversation. And before we get into it, I would love to remind you that if you feel 
feel inspired to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. I have a free gift for you, my Soul on Fire yoga ebook. So just send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Jordan at thebalancebond.com so I can thank you by sending you that yoga ebook and also entering you into the big monthly wellness giveaway that I host once a month with a bunch of the brands that sponsor this podcast that we all know and love. And secondly, stay tuned for a big announcement on my Instagram that will be happening on May 7th. So just in a couple days, or maybe it's already happened, depending on when you listen to this episode that is pertaining to the celestial diet and lifestyle, which I'm so excited to share. Oh my goodness. And lastly, let's thank our sponsor for today's episode, Olipop. I am such a fan of Olipop, the healthy soda alternative that has just come into my world and shaken it up and made it a lot more exciting because I truly hadn't had soda since I was a kid. And now we have Olipop in our fridge day in, day out. Jonathan drinks it all the time. I drink at least one a day because it's also full of fiber, which we will get into. But let me tell you why I love Olipop. It is much, much, much lower in sugar than conventional sodas with only two to five grams of sugar from natural sources and no added sugar. All of their products are non-GMO, vegan, paleo, and keto friendly with less than eight grams of net carbs per can. Not that I count my carbs, but just letting you know all the statistics. And they are so confident that you will love their products that they offer a 100% money back guarantee for all orders placed through their website. They have delicious nostalgic flavors like vintage Cola, classic root beer, orange squeeze, cherry vanilla, and strawberry vanilla. Right now, I'm loving the orange squeeze, probably because that's the one that we have so much of in our house right now. And it's just so nostalgic and it tastes amazing. So, something that you might not know is that most American adults don't get enough fiber. With nine grams of fiber in each can, drinking just one Olipop gives you one third of the daily recommended intake value. And the founders of Olipop created Olipop to help you get more fiber in your diet in such a delicious way. They use a proprietary blend of a special type of functional fiber called prebiotics, which helps you feel full and improves your gut health. So that's right. You can improve your gut health and drink a healthy soda alternative all at the same time. It's pretty amazing. So we have worked out an exclusive deal with Olipop just for the TBB listeners. Receive 20% off plus free shipping on their best-selling variety pack. This is a great way to try all of their delicious flavors. Go to drinkollipop.com slash blonde or use the code blonde at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-O-L-I-P-O-P.com slash blonde. This discount is only valid for their variety pack. And you can also find Olipop at over 3,000 stores across the country, including Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, Wegmans, and Air One. So now, thank you so much, Olipop. Let's head into this episode with Lisa Hay. Lisa, I'm so happy that you're here. It is so amazing to have you on the show. We have known each other since our days in New York City. Well, you still live in New York, but I haven't lived in New York for seven years. So we have known each other for a long time. 
Wow. I feel really old, but in a really good way because we're seasoned friends. <laughs> we are seasoned friends for sure. So I thought it would be fun to start by telling our listeners how we know each other, how we met, and then get into all the other good stuff. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited to be here. And I mean, we were just talking about your podcast being around for five years and I would have said we knew each other for five years, but I guess we've known each other for seven or eight, which is mm -hmm. wild that we've been both doing the internet for that long. <laughs> yeah, it is almost a decade. Craziness. I know. So how did we meet? Do you remember? So the, I remember how I like learned about you. So everyone listening, you have to realize that this was seven, eight years ago and the word influencer did not exist. So you were a formal blogger, like you had a blog. It was the blonde vegan. Right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. You were, you were the blonde vegan and I accidentally fell into Instagram. Again, there was no such word as influencer. There were no brand partnerships. There was nothing. It was just some people started to quote unquote, have a following. Like I had like 2000 followers or something and <laughs> it like introduced you, I guess, to people in your similar sphere. Mm -hmm. So Somehow I found you, I probably found you first and I started following you and I was just always interested in what you were saying and doing because like my personal life, my friends didn't have the same interests in, as me. People weren't interested in yoga, boutique fitness didn't exist. Like that wasn't trendy or cool. Nobody was drinking kombucha. Like I was weird at the time for being quote unquote healthy. So when I found like-minded people online, I know I was attracted to them. But the first time I met you, I think was through this girl, Tara. Who, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Yeah. She introduced us. I think did she bring you to an event that I had? I think yes. that's what it was. Yes, um, you hosted an event and it was pretty eye-opening to me because you were a celebrity in your own world. I don't know how many followers you had back then or how many readers you had, but people showed up to this event and they wanted to talk to you. And I was, I think, enamored with you at the time because you were starting to talk about orthorexia. And that wasn't even a word that I had heard of, but your story really felt like a lot of my story. So this the orthorexia portion may have came after shortly after we met. I can't remember exactly, but I was just so impressed with the way that you held yourself in a room and this level of people wanting to meet you and the way you greeted them. That was just so lovely. That's so cool. Yeah. No, I totally remember that. And then I remember us going to yoga together at Moto in the West Village, which I miss all the time. I miss Moto and that beautiful space. Yeah, that was a special day. Moto was definitely the place where a lot of my food stuff came to light and body image stuff started to repair. And I remember that day with you because you and I both found moto as this like special safe haven so we went together and i remember walking afterwards i walked you back to like your apartment or wherever you were going and you telling me about like this boy in your life and it was not jonathan <laughs> yeah i remember <laughs> and at this point i don't think i had even met evan my current husband i don't and think had. no definitely not eight years ago and we were just both like on this young journey of being single in new york city going through the motions of finding ourselves. <laughs> exactly. I know it's very beautiful that we have 
those memories together. And it's been so fun to watch your brand flourish and you flourish over the years and see how much we've both evolved on our paths. And I so remember walking with you that day and like talk. I remember the guy that I was talking about and that you were single. And it's just amazing because now we ended up getting married one weekend after the other. Mm -hmm. We've been on this very similar trajectory in our lives and our careers and our relationships, which is so cool. Well, that means a lot because if there's one thing I'll say about you, but I'll save a lot of what I have to say about you for when you come on my podcast, The Truthiest Life. But if there's one thing I will say about you watching you throughout the years is you are the opposite of stagnant. Like you just keep evolving, even when it means leaving people, business, followers behind. And that's not something you see a lot in the online space because people are afraid to lose those things that come with finances and money and promote, you know, brand opportunities, et cetera. But watching you evolve has, you know, always just empowered me to keep, keep using my voice and not stay still to stay safe. Mm -hmm. So it's been crazy to watch you. And I can't wait to talk about that on my show because it, it really must come with some sort of emotional pain to let go of things as you grow. Absolutely. And we can definitely talk about that. And I'm so looking forward to that conversation, which we could go so deep on. And I see the same in you. I really do. I feel that you have developed such a strong voice for your brand that I have seen you develop over the years because you've always shown up online as you, which is something that I love about you and your content. It's always you. Your The captions are written in your voice. Your blog posts are written in your voice. Your photos are not the most curated at times, which is my favorite thing. And you'll post videos of you dancing and videos of you you know, with your husband just doing silly things. And I feel like your voice has just gotten so strong in the space because you know what you stand for and what you're here to teach people. And you never really deviate from that. So it's been cool to watch you and know you in your own life and some of the things that you've been through and see how that's developed into this beautiful expertise that you share now as a dietitian, as an influencer, as a podcast host, all these things, because you help people tune out the noise of food, of the food world. So tell us a little bit about the trajectory of your brand, you know, starting back when we met. <laughs> So like I said, then I fell into it by accident. There was no word influencer. I certainly never thought of myself as a writer. I mean, I'd read your blog posts and you are a writer. Like I, I think hopefully your audience knows that, but I mean, obviously you're an author, but you were like born to write. You can put things into feelings really beautifully. And it's always in your voice, even though your voice has of course changed over the years. I didn't have a voice. I didn't have a written voice, I should say. I didn't know how to type out how to, you know, what I was feeling into words, especially because I was going to school for nutrition and science, not creative writing or things that allowed me to kind of like bring that voice to life. And the one thing I'll say that I've always done, which isn't necessarily a positive. And some days I wish that I could change it and I keep trying. I aspirationally want to be a lot more 
organized and strategic and have a content plan and not curate my photos, but like, you know, wake up on today's what's today, Tuesday and know what I'm going to post and what I'm going to talk about. And I've tried so many different platforms for scheduling, which didn't used to exist, but it always fails because it's not what I'm feeling in that exact moment. So I'm as much as I was going to school for things that were scientific and mathematical, I am an emotional person and I didn't have the tools or I didn't have the confidence, I should say, to put that to use to write a blog post. So I kind of fell onto Instagram by accident and was just talking about the things that I was passionate about, things like food and fitness. And my tone was very different than what you hear now because it was the evolution of my own food journey. But because I was talking about things that people didn't have, I think, access to the information to in the same way that they do now, I was providing value without realizing whether it was like a recipe for whatever or a workout, quote unquote, motivation, even though in the early days, I was probably very thick in my disordered relationship to both food and fitness, which is what attracted an audience, I'll say. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, for lack of a better word, but like the crazier you are, the more unhinged you are, the more you attract other people. And I see that a lot on the internet as well. I mean, I don't know if anybody watches like Homeland, but like Carrie has, I think, bipolar. And when she's bipolar, she's like the most manic and the most genius, you know? And that was kind of not, I don't have bipolar, but like, that was kind of me. Like I was just, I wasn't in my skin and in my body, but I could put things out in such a way that attracted people. Mm-hmm. And over the years, I've kind of come home into my body and realized that I'd rather have inner peace than the following or audience that comes with being kind of out there so much, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. People are attracted to anything that's sensational, anything that's extreme. Extreme. You're the opposite of extreme now, which I'm attracted to, but maybe not like the absolute masses. I definitely see what you're saying. Yeah. And so I didn't mean to grow a following or do any of this. And I've never had systems in place, which like I said, is like a curse and a blessing at the same time, because my audience, which does know me, really knows me. But in running a business, it can be difficult when I'm an emotional person and I have days where I just don't want to get on the internet and post a photo and share a part of my life or even share a recipe, even something detached from me, because that just doesn't feel good to my soul. You know, some people can just get on, hit publish and call it a day. Most people, I think, where those are kind of like some roadblocks for me. But anyway, as as my time went on on Instagram, I was really working on becoming a registered dietitian. I wanted to have a private practice and do that whole thing. And so I kind of had two things happening. I had social media, which wasn't bringing me any money or anything like that. And then I had my nutrition business that I began after becoming a registered dietitian. And the two were kind of, I have my hands like in two separate spheres right now, kind of showing you they were like parallel for a bunch of years where I'd like post recipes or wellness stuff or restaurants in New York city on one. And then there was just my nutrition business on the other, which I'd get clients that had all sorts of medical stuff or whatever it was that they wanted to see me for. And then one day they just came together. I think it was 2000. 
2018 when clients started coming through Instagram into my private practice. And I was like, oh, wait, these aren't separate. These are together. And that really changed everything from there on out because I was getting customers, patients, clients that were no longer people that were 50 or 60 years old. They were me or younger versions of me. And I had to really pivot and really think about what my own nutritional philosophy was, not what I was taught in school, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that makes total sense. And so that was about three years ago. And that makes sense because four, right, five. four. Oh, yeah. So it was 2017. But yeah, it was a yeah, while ago. Four, four, whatever years ago. That totally makes sense because I remember when your voice kind of started to shift and you started to talk about more of your nutritional philosophy and forking the noise, which is your program, Fork the Noise, which I love. And I just think you developed such a strong message that has, maybe it's not so sensationalized, but I think it definitely has a very beautiful audience of its own. And I'm sure that that has been in a way so much more fulfilling than keeping everything separate. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, just to kind of back up my own relationship to food, at some point you and I had very similar journeys where I was vegan in college and it was only after I was not vegan did I realize that I, you know, had a form of orthorexia. I had an eating disorder in disguise and it was very well masked by the fact that I live in a small body. I've always lived in a small body. My weight's never changed and I was pursuing nutrition. So all of my choices were just under this guise of health and I was obsessed with food. I would think about food 100% of the time. I'd go to sleep and dream about food. While I was eating breakfast, I'd think about lunch. While I was eating lunch, I would think about dinner. I was always painfully full. And then I was starving. And I just thought that this is the way that it was. And after breaking vegan, as you call it, or as you called it then, and mm -hmm. I you know your journey has evolved in many ways that has a lot of nuance to it, but I was able to really recognize that my relate. It was like a big wake up call to myself. I had no idea during the time that I had these food rules in place, specifically veganism, even though it worked for my body, quote unquote, because I didn't trust myself around food. And it wasn't like I snapped my fingers. I wasn't vegan. And then I started the journey of figuring out what does work. It actually you know, again, we're talking about, I graduated college in 2010. So this is a long time ago. And I went through veganism, clean eating, all these different things that had different rules that were all under the guise of health and were very normalized at the time. There was no words like orthorexia being spoken about. There was nobody that was going to be saying you could be too healthy or that running a Spartan race, which is like this ridiculous, like challenging race with lifting heavy things and all, whatever, like that, that could be a bad thing. You know, like there was nobody to really whistleblow on my behavior, including myself. And over the course of six, seven years, I started to really break away from these food rules and so much of it was just natural. So much of it was just living in New York City, taking myself on dates, going to yoga, going on dates with boyfriends or after boyfriends, like actual dates with men during the time I was single. 
and finding myself, did I realize that food didn't need to have all of that effort and pain for it to be quote unquote healthy. So when I went out into the workplace as a registered dietitian and I wanted to help people, they wanted meal plans. They wanted to be weighed. They wanted me to just provide the answers. And I was a new business. So I gave that to them. But when my business started to converge with Instagram and I was getting people who really knew a different side of me from the internet where I was sharing more personal things, I realized that I can't bring that same approach to them because why would I do that? If I'm living a better life by not having rules and a meal plan and weighing myself and all this, this quote unquote structure, how can I provide value and teach them something, but not tell them what to do? Yeah, that's so cool. So how did you find that balance? Well, I started to really take inventory about like what I was doing because intuitive eating itself actually, I think was created in the eighties, but that I hadn't heard of that at all until I actually was very late into formulating my own program. But I, like I said, like you and I were really into moto and I knew that like mindfulness was changing my life in many ways from how I thought about food to my enjoyment of food, to how I thought about relationships to my emotions. Like I was just becoming a different person at the same time with a lot more space in my mind is the best way to put it. Like when you practice mindfulness in any capacity, all the things that feel impending and painful, mindfulness makes a little space, a gap to catch a breath. And in that breath, everything changes because that's like the rational part of the brain, the part of the brain that says, oh, it's okay to take a breath, to not go so hard. Okay. You ate a cookie. That's, that's okay. Okay. You don't like your body today. You're allowed to not like your body today. You feel uncomfortable in it. You can still show up to the mat. And so like, it was kind of like my insides were changing (laughs) neuro feedback. Like I was having different neuro connections than I had before in part to so many different life changes. And I had to really think, how can I teach this? And that's when I thought about mindful eating. And I was like, I can teach people. Nutrition education is still super valuable. People don't know anything about food. They think that carbs are bad. They think that fat is bad. They think that protein needs to be egg whites. You know, we are just limited in a, in so much fear around food. So I was like, I want to pair nutrition education, true nutrition education, not fear mongering, not telling people what they can and can't eat with mindfulness, showing up to the plate and asking, what do I want? What do I need? How does this feel in my body? So I started to pursue mindful eating and take, took an online program. I think it was about like eight months or so of how to be a practitioner in doing that. And once I finished that program, there were parts of that program that really felt like right for me. And then there were parts of that program that didn't feel right for me. And I kind of took what I borrowed and always give credit to the people who have created these concepts with me and paired that with what helped me breaking down these ideas that carbs are bad and that, you know, all fat is the same and put them together in a package and started working that program with my one-on-one clients and watching as they experienced shifts in their body and sensations that they didn't know that they had because of everything they've been told about their body. Does that make any sense? (laughs) It makes tons of sense, yes. 
Okay, you guys, we have to talk about a product that has changed my world, and that is Beekeepers Naturals Propolis Spray. I am obsessed with their Propolis Spray right now. I take it once a day to support my immune system. And you're probably wondering, what is bee propolis anyway? So bee propolis delivers natural germ-fighting properties and antioxidants to defend and protect our bodies. It's sustainably sourced, and this spray is made with just three simple ingredients. You'll never find refined sugars, dyes, or dirty chemicals in these products ever. You can take it daily or when you're starting to feel down and out. It also tastes delicious. Another thing I love about this brand is that it is female founded by the amazing Carly Stein. She founded the brand because she was experiencing issues with her own health and nothing that she could find in Western medicine was really helping her heal or was helping her feel good. So she got really into bees and beekeeping and speaking to her about all of this was so inspiring because she cares so much about taking care of the bees and she also cares so much about keeping these products completely organic and completely natural. So they have a totally different process that other brands simply do not have. She blows me away and she'll be on the podcast soon, so get excited. And yeah, like I said, I'm obsessed with the propolis. I take it before I podcast. It helps me with my throat, especially because I've had a scratchy throat lately, as you guys might be able to tell right now. And we have worked out a very exciting exclusive deal just for our TBB listeners, where they will ship you a free two-week supply of bee immune propolis throat spray. All you have to do is pay $5 for shipping. So yes, this is literally free. So to claim this deal, you must visit beekeepersnatural.com slash blonde. This deal is not available on their regular website. So go to B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com slash blonde. This deal is only good for the next month or so. So get on it now. Start prioritizing your immune health today. And if you don't love it, they will refund your $5. No questions asked. Enjoy. And let's head back into this episode with Lisa. So you started to see success with your one-on-one clients, success with them shifting their minds to eating more mindfully, which is so beautiful. And then I know that then you started offering it as a program for more people to be able to learn this from you. So that's... Yes, meditation, as you know, and you, you talk about and you've been doing for years in any form, whether that's a yoga meditation, or I know you're working on some movement meditations right now, or stillness meditation, or with guidance, without, whatever it is, is that mindfulness that I'm talking about. It gives you a second to feel what's happening. So, so many people don't believe that their body can be the guide because there's so much noise that it can't be the guide. And there's so much noise about what they should be doing or what they should be eating or how much they should be eating that they've never been given an opportunity to just sit still and listen. And even when they do sit still, what's the first people, what's the first thing people say when they talk about meditation, maybe not your audience, Jordan, cause they, they're very you, but you know, most they say- people- I can't. Yeah. Like my mind is running. I can't turn my thoughts off. I can't do it. Right. Right. So that initial stillness is so effing scary and you need to push through that in order to get to the layer of what's underneath. And that's where meditation comes in. So holding my client's hands through that, doing meditations in my office, which was 
you know, not what most registered dietitians are doing with their clients <laughs> was giving them the time and the space to turn inward and say, I actually, I know you're paying me, but I actually don't have the answers. You have the answers. You need to feel this within. So yeah, I was living in New York city at the time. I had an office my own real office for about a year that I was so proud of because New York city rent is crazy. Mm -hmm. And I had finally quote unquote made it. I rented a one bedroom apartment that I wasn't living in and used it as an office essentially. And it was, you know, a couple thousand dollars in rent, which meant I needed to cover that and business had to be, you know, good enough to do so. Again, Instagram wasn't a part of my life. I was just a, a private practice. And my relationship with my husband was also, you know, we were still boyfriend or he was just my boyfriend at the time, but he's a doctor and he was going through different residencies and fellowships. And we've been through three fellowships since we've been together. And his next job took us to Washington, D.C. And so it was, you know, go with him or continue my practice and I'm not somebody that like makes choices like that. I believe we can do everything and we just need to pivot. But it did mean that I had to let go of my physical location mm -hmm. in New York City as we moved to DC, which provided me with the amazing opportunity pre-COVID to pivot my business online. So I was going to see people virtually and I was going to figure out a way to have a course, Fork the Noise, that would allow me to reach more people at a better price point because one-on-one's expensive, one-on-one's expensive in New York City. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm about helping people and having long-term clients, students, I call them now because they're in my program and it's less one-on-one -on -one, than turning a profit on one product. So I came up with Fork the Noise, which is real tools to listen, honor, and trust your body using what I had created with one-on-one -on -one clients. And I brought that to life in an online format. Now, making it sound like it was seamless. I've watched you put out programs before, Jordan. You get an idea, you run with it, you execute like I've never seen anyone execute. <laughs> that was not my trajectory. Well, I definitely relate to that more now. Now I take my time with things because I did used to churn things out, but I got really burnt out doing that. So the fact that you took your time and it happened well, when it was supposed to is perfect. Well, yeah, a lot of things went wrong. I had a partner originally. Um, it was called Quiet the Noise. We were doing mm. workshops in New York City and things just fell apart for a bunch of reasons. And then I had to kind of pick up the pieces, re-put it together. And I think there's, I get overwhelmed with things that I've never done before and you don't. And that's great, or it seems like you don't, I should say. Mm -hmm. And so learning how to do something and then do it right was, is something that I, when putting out like a professional program, I just got a little bit stuck on. So it took a really long time to get the original Fork the Noise Fundamentals out the door, which was a six-week program, just teaching the basics of what I do, which is modern mindful eating, those mm -hmm. real tools to listen, honor, and trust your body. But it did really well on its first go. And this was 2019. I launched in 2019. And so much has changed since then. You know, the online space has changed tremendously. Uh -huh. Everybody has a course. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> everybody has a course. And what I was saying and doing wasn't the trending topic either. So 
when I was, you know, one of the earlier dietitians to really say, wait a second, diets don't work and we don't need to weigh our clients and we don't need to focus on food and make it so restrictive. And we don't have to give out meal plans. Now, obviously everybody knows what intuitive eating is, which has a lot of alignment to what I teach, but it was certainly not the trend. Right. So <laughs> out the right. door. Ahead of the curve. Yeah, which was, you know, great. And it's even better now that there's more people saying the similar thing because mm-hmm. the message is, you know, more getting out to more people that you can have a loving relationship to your body and food. But it, you know, like I said, it was just, it was a, it was a different time. And since then I've launched Fork the Noise Fundamentals and then I have mini courses. And then we just launched Fork the Noise Hunger Fullness this year, which has been really awesome. And it's about reconnecting people to their hunger and fullness. And it's really a lot more nuanced than that. It's about so much more giving yourself permission Mm -hmm. and allowing yourself to feel your body's feedback. And that has been pretty incredible. Wow. Yeah. Now you got it with the courses. It, it does take time to like, to figure all that stuff out. And I think you've done a beautiful job, especially launching these courses as you've evolved everything that you know and everything that you've learned. And I know it helps so many people. So another thing I want to talk to you about is boundaries with social media, because I feel like you do such a good job. You took a five to six week digital detox earlier this year. Mm -hmm. And I was so proud of you. I was like, wow, she's really off. She's, she's offline. She's off the grid, like no checking in whatsoever. And what did you learn? What were the insights that you gained? And also what inspired you to do that? So the secret is that as much as I love my audience, and if you're here and you've, you know, I love you, (laughs) it's really easy for me. It's once I turn it off, I am in, I'm in, I'm in a different gear. I'm present and I am not even thinking about taking pictures and capturing the moment. Like I'm just, I'm just present. So kind of just to backtrack. And I know that you've been talking about this stuff a lot too, which is so great because I know your audience really values what you have to say too. And I think there's nothing more important for your mental health, but December, January of 2018, going into 2019, I went away to Miami with my husband and I was really itching for this vacation. Probably know what it really feels like to itch for a vacation more after experiencing COVID. But I remember that I was just like dying to get away. I could not wait to get on the beach and I get to the beach finally. And all I can do is reach into my bag and grab my phone and start getting on Instagram, scrolling, looking, da, 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 da. And so I was finally waiting to arrive somewhere to be present, to have my feet in the sand and listen to the waves. And yet I was addicted to the cell phone. And the night of New Year's, I remember I got an email that just really upset me from a family member. And it was New Year's Eve. I went into the bathroom. I grabbed my phone, saw the message. And I said to myself, why the heck are you at a New Year's party right now checking your email? Mm -hmm. Like, what? Like this actually wouldn't happen if you weren't so addicted to information, like whether that's deleting a spam email or it's not even like I would, I would have opened it and like written a work email. It wasn't that I'm just attached to walking to a bathroom, looking at my phone, going on Instagram, going to my email, doing whatever. And I was like, Nope, we, we need a, we need a clean break. And so when I got home, I turned my cell phone off for a week 
and I shoved it in a drawer. So more than just a digital detox, I did a cell phone detox. It was not, um, I think I, I've, I've always used my computer during these breaks, but I implemented one week of no cell phone usage and had to find new ways to communicate or not communicate as much, both incoming and outcoming. And that first week was so profound, shedding light onto, first of all, my addiction to information. I'd be working on something on my computer. Like, I think I was in like the work mindset during that week. So still using technology and I'd get up to go to the bathroom and I'd, I'd reach for my phone just because when I pee, I look at my phone and I was like, oh my God, I never knew that I did that. And moments with my husband, I realized were so interrupted, micro interrupted by me checking my phone or him checking his phone. And with me not doing it, I was able to realize all that I was missing and it's not to say that that's sustainable or that's something that I could you know, do or want to do, not have my cell phone on me. But I realized how important that break from information is for my mental health. And I started implementing them a few times a year. And now my life was very different back then. I lived in DC. We had an apartment. Just situationally, I kind of could do that. But I have continued to implement these one-week cell phone breaks. But I actually haven't done one in a about a year, I think. So I am due. And most recently in the beginning of this year, I just felt really burnt out. I know you talk about burnout and Kelsey Patel who married you and, Mm -hmm. you know, she's always talking about burnout. I didn't know what this word meant. I knew what it meant because I listened to other people's experiences, but I had never gotten to the point where I was burnt out and come December. So I felt my energy was stale. I, you know, you described me as getting on Instagram and dancing and all these things that are the real me. And yet I found myself in comparison traps and afraid to show up, I'd say is really the word that I would use. I think, I don't know for you, but this last year was particularly challenging with an online platform where the audience really, I don't know if you've experienced this, but really changed how they approached me in not all situations, but there was a handful um, of people that would just come barging into my DMs and basically tell me I'm wrong for breathing. Mm -hmm. Oh, of course I've experienced that (laughs) daily, especially last year and this year. Yeah, I think this year really shed light on the disparities in the way people live and really took people's guard down from being, how can I communicate this properly to, I'm just going to get this off my chest. Mm -hmm. So many of those messages, I'd say 50% because I didn't attack back, came back with apologies. Wow. Yes. Wow. But at the same time, I have not been protecting myself the way I need to by always being open to conversation, which I'm always going to be open to conversation. So I don't mean to close the door on that, but I don't have the same, I'm pregnant now. I don't have the same emotional energy and availability that I did a year ago to be patient and wait for a stranger who doesn't have a username. You know, there is a spam account Mm -hmm. to come around. And of course it speaks more to my desire to be liked and see the good in people than it does. Like, that's not necessarily a good thing. Like, 
I think I, I lost myself a little bit this year in the hoopla of COVID in trying to make everybody feel comfortable for apologizing for everything. And I'm a big fan of apologizing, especially when my audience will tell me that I've done something wrong. I love to learn and I love to, to grow, but I needed to take a step back and really evaluate, you know, who I am, what I am, what is my message? Like you said, like we've talked about, we've been doing this for so long that it's, if we don't like, if I don't take these moments to tap back into who I am, I'm just going to keep moving as old me or not know why I'm aligned. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it has just been an interesting time to be on a public, I never felt that I was on a public platform. I always felt like I was speaking to my friends and then suddenly I didn't. Exactly. <laughs> I, I feel the exact same way where I felt that this podcast was a safe space mm -hmm. because it is, you know, 99.9% .9 of the people listening are part of our communities and it's such a safe space or they're brand new to our communities, but they're, you know, of some type of to get it quickly. Like mind, kind heart, et cetera. But there's always that 0.1, that is not safe at all. And I think during 2020, 2021 so far, that percentage has grown. And so I have found, I mean, things that I've said on this podcast, quoted in these huge media outlets out of context with the cruelest intentions. I mean, I truly yeah, you know, <laughs> and there's a bunch, you know, but oh. one in particular, which I'm sure you've seen. And yeah, it does make you realize when you thought you had a safe space and you're talking to your friends and these people, everybody listening. I mean, you are our community. We love you guys, yeah. but content on the internet can get consumed by anyone at any time. And to know that somebody could quote something that you said eight months ago out of context or in our case, eight years ago, <laughs> it was like, wow, wow. That's a lot of yourself and your heart to be sharing on the internet, which has, it's a place that has changed. It, it really has. And I know that you're no stranger to backlash. I mean, I remember when you wrote your book, first book, Breaking Vegan, the first feedback you got was from the vegan community, mm -hmm. the negative feedback you got. And mm -hmm. I remember like seeing YouTube videos and people were coming at you. I mean, I've never experienced that, but you have built up a strong skin, but like, is that good? Is that good no. to have a strong skin? It's not safe. It's not healthy. It's healthy to have a thick skin. Cause if you're going to be in the public eye at all, you have to have a thick skin and you have to know as we both do, that all of these hateful messages, hateful words, things that are not constructive are not about us. They're about the people. They're a reflection of how the person who said it feels about themselves in their own life. But it takes years to understand that. And then it takes even more time to, to remind yourself of that after you've read something that is just so mean. Mm, so mean, so mean. And I think that, you know, I've always showed up, like I said, as myself, and I made a career out of taking the layers off, not pretending to be something I'm not, and almost, not to a flaw, because I would not change a thing. But 
it meant that when there was a fire, I'd get burned rather than a lot of my friends who have, you know, not that they're not showing up as themselves, but they don't show up as emotionally vulnerable as I do on the internet. So the attacks on them don't feel as personal or the hurtful stuff doesn't hurt so bad. But when you are literally giving your, when you were writing things on your blog or your Instagram, things that you wouldn't say to maybe even necessarily your partner or your best friend, you feel safer in your community Mm -hmm. and that gets thrown in your face. It's scalding, you know, that's kind of the best way to put it. And I think we're probably the same. One thing I learned over the past year and a half or so is that I'm just so sensitive to energy. Mm -hmm. I'm sensitive to positive energy and I'm sensitive to negative energy. So I get freaking derailed. And I'm working on it because, like I said, I don't have the energetic wherewithal to be derailed and continue to show up on the internet. So refiguring out those boundaries for me has been what the first half of this year kind of looks like for me, mm-hmm. which is I am not a customer service representative. I'm happy to help you with as much as I possibly can. But I, I prided myself on answering you know, every DM or as many as I possibly could. And while I love that because I love my DMs, like I love it more than posting photos on Instagram. There's those one bad interactions, one bad interaction out of 100 that sours my day and makes me really upset. And it hurts, you know, it hurts too bad. So unfortunately it comes to the place where I have to give when I can give. And Kelsey Patel gave me fantastic advice before I came back to Instagram after that six week break. She said, Lisa, just ask yourself every day, wake up and ask yourself, what do I need today? And I was like, well, that's genius. Totally. (laughs) Give it to Kelsey to come with the best advice. And Kelsey's been trying to get me to take a huge social media hiatus for probably four years and, or to not put so much pressure to respond. And Yeah, no, I totally get it. Everything you've said, I feel like we're so similar in the way that we show up online and we don't just share content, we share our soul. (laughs) And the photo doesn't matter. It's like what is written beneath it. And I remember the first time I heard the word content, I was just so confused. Like when people started taking content Mm -hmm. and I was like, what do you mean? Why are we calling it that? Like, shouldn't it just be a picture with your words? You know, like, I know we're so old school. I, I feel the same as you because to this day, I can't get behind it really. I mean, I get it. Like we need content, quote unquote, like a good trip is going to produce a lot of beautiful content, but like you, like anything that makes anything that we do sound remotely, I don't know, less, less heart centered, just doesn't feel good to me. So I think it can be a struggle to be an online personality and to be so die hard about everything being heart centered, which is why we have to take these breaks, instill these boundaries, have a thick skin. Okay, guys, just a brief interruption from this episode to talk about CBD, but not just any CBD, the only CBD that I use, which is Cured Nutrition CBD. So first of all, you should know you can go to curednutrition.com slash blonde to get 15% off of all Cured Nutrition products. 
And I know that they're having their big spring sale next week. So keep an eye out for that. I'll be posting about it on my Instagram. So let me tell you about a few of my favorite products from Cured Nutrition Premium CBD. So some of the products that I love the most are their mint tincture, which I take at night to help me fall asleep. I love their pain salve. It has been a game changer for my joint pain with Lyme. I also use that every morning and every night. And I also love Cured Aura, Cured Rise, and Cured Zen. So I'll pick one to tell you about right now. I'll tell you all about Aura. I think you guys have seen me post about it on Instagram. Aura protects the gut lining. It encourages a healthy gut microbiome. It helps to boost immune function to keep you from getting sick, improves nutrient absorption, reduces bloat, and improves mood. Within the Aura product, you will find functional mushrooms, CBD, and adaptogens, as well as 15 milligrams of broad-spectrum CBD per serving. It is made of all natural ingredients. It is vegetarian and gluten-free, and it's also completely THC-free, so it will not get you high. And even though this product is for the gut, I have also noticed it improve my focus. It makes me feel so alert when I take it. And the packaging is adorable. Everything about their aesthetic is completely on point. And I know you will love it. If you want to hear more about the founder of Cured Nutrition, Joseph Sheehy, he's been on the podcast where we talked all about CBD, healing through nature, and how he has used CBD to help him find relief from mental health issues that he had been struggling with in his life. He also tells that story on Cured Nutrition's website, which you can check out. And of course, they're TBB approved, meaning they're completely natural, organic, vegan, sustainably sourced, and pure and potent. So head to curednutrition.com slash blonde and use the code blonde to shop for 15% off. Enjoy. And let's get back into this episode with Lisa. Some advice that I got that was really helpful was... Don't ever take the opinion of someone who you wouldn't go to for advice. Mm -hmm. And also never take an opinion from someone who absolutely doesn't know anything about you at all. Mm. And those two things, I mean, I'm not saying them as eloquently as they were spoken to me, but just the, the idea of both of those things has helped me so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's like when somebody says something hurtful, for me, like I switch to my lizard brain, like it's not a smart brain. <laughs> it's just a stupid brain that can't process that. Mindfulness has allowed me to, and you know, my, my compassion work has um, been so profound on myself and other beings that figuring out the balance of, okay, well, this person must be going through something. And then figuring out, okay, well, what do I need just because this person is going through something? So my previous approach was that I was almost, I'm not going to say too compassionate to somebody else, but too catering. You Mm -hmm. can never be too compassionate to yourself or somebody else, but too catering to try and fix them or heal them in that moment. And I just also want to be super honest because I feel like this platform is the place that I'm going through a huge or what feels like a really like big and bumpy transition as we speak. I've had a huge life transition being married in the past year, like you, you know, moving back to New York where I'm from, which is like where all my stuff, my emotional stuff is. (laughs) Um, And to now being pregnant, I just am not the same person that I was three years ago. 
And so what do I look like showing up? And yes, I'm always, I am an emotional heart centered person, but I don't know if I can or, or, and will share that part of me at all times, Mm -hmm. not because it's not safe, but because like I I've just changed and it feels like there's a part of me that wants a little bit of a guard up at times, a guard that goes up or down. And I'm going to choose when that garage door is opening and closing. Yes. Oh my gosh. Totally. I'll tell you what it sounds like it is, which is the exact place that I'm in, which (laughs) uh, again, like no surprise whatsoever because of our trajectory, it is moving from being an influencer, quote unquote, or like Mm -hmm. a peer and someone who kind of shares their life as a diary, an online diary, which I always prided myself in doing. That's how I would explain my blog to people. It's basically an online diary. It's kind of about health and wellness, but it's like totally about just my heart. And I feel the same for you. And so it's transitioning from that to being a teacher. So for mm-hmm. me, it's being a spiritual teacher. And for you, it's, it's also being a spiritual teacher of mm-hmm. mindfulness and food. Sure. Like for you stepping into being a total teacher healer of nutrition and mindfulness. And for me, it's 100% embracing. I am a spiritual teacher and I am a healer and and I am an author and it's okay to be those things. And so all the people that I look up to, they don't share every in and out of their life. They pretty much just share their work. They work really hard. Their value. And then they share it. And then they share, yeah, their tools and they help people. And Kelsey Patel, who we could bring up a hundred times, she told me years ago, and it's always stuck with me. She said, who do you look up to? And I named Gabby Bernstein. That's one person that I look up to a lot. Mm -hmm. And she said, do you think Gabby Bernstein gets back to all of her DMs? And I was (laughs) like, no. (laughs) And she's like, then why do you think you have to do that? And I was like, cause I'm not her. Like, I'm not at that level. I'm not, you know, doing those things. And it's such poignant advice. So I would ask you then, who do you look up to at this, at this stage in your life? When it comes to, I look up to so many women in, in our space, you know, right now, it, as I'm heading into motherhood, I guess, I look up to so many women that are doing it all, but not giving it all. Mm-hmm. I know it's, it's super random, but there's, I've just seen so many people show up really bravely as themselves and with boundaries that I'm struggling to think of one person to come to mind in this moment, but I have many women come to mind, including you, including Melissa Wood Health, who I just think, I I think she's just balancing extreme success right now. It appears I, this is not based on personal conversation with happiness Mm -hmm. and motherhood. And I'm like, we are not like made of the same thing. So I could not achieve what she could, but I'm like, wow, you're freaking doing it. Good for you. You know, totally. Um, I I see that too. And there there's, I feel like I get a little bit from each woman in my life. A lot of them who are offline, who you might not know my friend, Dara, who has just taught me so much about what it really means to empower, empower women. She's Dara K on Instagram. She does not, she's works in PR. She's, one of the strongest women I've ever met. And she has just taught me to really look through the lens of the subtle ways that we as women 
break each other down. Last night, I talked about having a boob job when I was 18 on my stories. Because I saw I had, that. Yeah, because I had someone on my podcast who had their boobs taken out after things went wrong, explant surgery. And she came at me and very aggressively said, so you did it. She just had a lot of assumptions about me and body acceptance and all this stuff. And it was such a clear moment of a woman taking another woman down for me. And I've been the doer on this end as well. So I'm not like sitting here with perfect hands, but I just think if we're really going to empower women, we need to do so in a way that actually is empowering women. We need to stop talking shit about each other. We need to, you know, even these subtle ways, even if it's not like a full on takedown or cancellation, we need to check our minds when we say, oh, she's so annoying. She's so this, she's so obsessed with, you know, all these things that I've said and say, it's the subtle ways that we're not supporting each other. Like, can we turn that into an applause? Because we're probably envious of something about that person that we can't right. verbally articulate. And it's easier to just throw off our chest and see if another female is going to be like, oh my God, you're so right. She's so annoying. She's, mm-hmm. you know, there's some, it's very easy to get validation about your feelings about another female by using another female. Sorry, it's right. a little tangential. No, I so get it. I met Dara on the internet about a year and a half ago, and she just has a strength to her that has propelled me forward. And I feel like just put allows me to put one foot in front of the other. I also just wanted to share that I did a tarot reading with Jessica Stone. Do you know Jess? I love her. I don't yeah, know, she's she on amazing. your pod? I she- know. Uh, Gotta have her on though. Yeah, she's awesome. Yes, for your podcast. And after I found out I was pregnant, don't know if I'd come back to Instagram yet. I did actually, I had just come back, but I still hadn't, even though it was six weeks off, I didn't come back with all the answers and I didn't come back with even any answers. Like you go searching for clarity sometimes, and it's not going to be found in the timeline that you need it to be found in. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that was my first official reading and we, she pulled cards for me and we pulled on work And my question was kind of like, is my future public? Like, I'm so confused right now. Like, maybe I want to start a bagel store. Like, (laughs) maybe I want to go be active in my community and do something, uh, not more grassroots, but more out there and, you know, whatever. And she just like, she pulled the card and I forget what the card was. Sorry, that would have been helpful information. But she's like, no, you're you're here to heal online still. Like you have to do on the internet. But what she said is, and I forget her exact words, but it was something like, look towards the light. Like there is light and dark in every situation and you need to just bring your vision into the light of the internet, which Mm -hmm. means following and engaging only with the light that there is and knowing where the darkness is and pivoting away from that. And so I try to return to that and Kelsey's advice almost daily because it's still a struggle of figuring out giving versus being deplete. Mm-hmm. And I do feel validated to know that I do have work left to do, a lot of work left to do in the healing space, and that that's going to evolve and that I can do so without cutting my arm off and showing everybody my bleeding arm. Like mm-hmm. I'm not the same person that needs to be like, and yesterday I took a poop. Like I, people don't need to know my day-to-day life in the same manner. I need to emotionally process things. I am not going to be sharing every single part of my emotional existence anymore. At least that's where I sit today. Might change. 
I stay open-minded to all things, but I am going to allow time. Like you said, it was your diary, Jordan. Mm -hmm. It was mine too. And it allowed me to heal in so many ways, because like I said, in the beginning, I didn't know how to verbalize my emotions and put them into words. And Instagram taught me that accidentally. Mm -hmm. And so by sharing a part of me, I healed other people and I healed myself. And while that is still true, and I'm so grateful to be able to write, not everything that I write needs to be published. Exactly. Yes. That was like a big one for me. (laughs) Well, it's huge. Totally. And I do the same thing where if I write anything, I want to find a way to share it because why would I write something and not share it? That's (laughs) after eight years of doing this, like, how could I not? Um, (laughs) But some of the most powerful therapeutic things we can do is to write for ourselves and not share it. So, oh my God. I mean, it's so obvious yet. I mean, my brain's exploding (laughs) over it. I know it's leaning that way more and more often and absolutely gravitating toward the light. Like Jessica told you that will keep us, I think, feeling good in this new stage of life and keep it sustainable for us to share, (laughs) to share our lives and to, to keep being teachers. Because sometimes I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. I'm off. Nobody gets to know me. Like nobody gets to have these opinions about me. I'm done. But my, uh, my spiritual teacher, Nikki, who lives in Florida, she mm. said, that's the darkness winning. It is. That would be the darkness winning. That's what the darkness wants is for you to stop sharing your light. So we're not going to do that. That's not happening. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I have to keep doing this. And obviously that's just on my harder days because on the better days, all I want to do is, is spread the, the light, but you know, it can be hard, like you said. And so I think it's pretty amazing that we're both in this stage now of teacher life. It's a totally different stage. And I think you're an incredible teacher. You're going to be an incredible mother and we'll have to do a whole different episode on your pregnancy because that's what I I wanted to talk to you about, but we got into so many other beautiful things. And every conversation that I have on my podcast and even being a guest on yours, when you're having a meaningful conversation with someone like I think you and I just had, it was really validating for you to say you're a teacher, Lisa, because I forget. And now you've like put that crown on my head Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm able to go about my day with a new sense of purpose. The way when I met with Jess, Jess said, look towards the light. You know, you are a healer. You have work left to do. The way Kelsey said, check in with yourself. Like each, and, and that's what we as women, that's how we can support each other. We can tell each other what we see in one another. And I think that's how we really lift each other up and it's, it's so freaking powerful. So it thank is. you for, t- for recentering me. Like it was, a, it, I don't even need therapy this week. I might cancel my therapist because I'm yes. feeling really aligned now. Yes. Cause you're an amazing teacher and you help so many people. And thank this was you. such a beautiful conversation. I loved it. I love catching up with you. So before we wrap up, I know we only have a couple minutes, but everybody is going to want to know because mm-hmm. I have a very, um, astrologically in tune audience. What is your, what is your sign? I am a cancer June 30th and you will know all my sub signs better than I will. Uh Uh-huh. So you're, so you're a cancer. Do you know what your moon and your rising are? I did once, but I I don't. 
Yeah. It's hard to remember if it's not like, you know, I just, the cancer always just felt so me that I felt like I didn't need additional information. (laughs) Well, you're such a cancer. I would be willing that you have a lot of cancer in your chart and I'm very drawn to cancers. My mom's a cancer. I love your mom. Most of my best friends are cancers. And do you know your human design? I don't. That one we'll have to look up. If you want, that's based on your, when you're born, right? Yeah. If you want me to look it up for you, you yeah. can send me your time of birth. Just text it to me and your birthday and your everything. I feel like my parents don't have any of that information of, on me. So I just mm-hmm. feel like I was the third child and I feel like they're just lying when they tell me what time yeah. I was born and they have no idea. <laughs> I know. No, it's so frustrating. Like I have my birth certificate, but Jonathan's parents are like, he was born at 10 AM. And I'm like, but what does that mean? Does that mean 10 a.m.? Or does that mean like 10, 11? Like, what does that mean? And exactly. I'm like, 10 o'clock a.m. I'm like, no, I need details. Exactly. I'm a 10, I feel like I've been told 10 a.m. a few times. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I bet you it's 10, 10, because that is my number that's been chasing me that I never realized. Um, I know that's your 201. And I like for years, I was like, Jordan's crazy with this whole 201 <laughs> thing. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, yes. 10, 10, 10, 10. I was like, I'm, I'm crazy too. I was like, but I'm not crazy. It's, it's so real. It's so real. No, welcome to the club. Numbers are <laughs> such a big sign. And it's because, I mean, I'm willing to bet it's because you're meditating, you're super mindful and you're in tune with this energy that is beyond, beyond this realm, which is, it shows us a lot of things. So oh, thank you so much for coming on. This was a fabulous conversation. Thank Tell you, everybody where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at Lisa Haim. My online programs, if you want to learn more, are at ForthTheNoise.com. And my podcast is The Truthiest Life and Outweigh. So all that's on my Instagram is a good place to kind of go and find it all. (laughs) My website needs major renovations, so we won't even send you there. I love your website. I've been reading your blog so much. So it is thewellnecessities.com, but we're going to do a big rebrand and um, the content's good. I just don't Mm -hmm. like the way it aesthetic or the content is a good reflection of me, but Mm -hmm. um, the aesthetic just does not feel like me. So that's thewellnecessities.com, which was my old Instagram name and my blog, but we're moving into Lisa Haim in the next few months, probably end of year. So good. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Lisa Haim. This was like such a therapeutic conversation for me and it was so much fun. It was catching up with an old friend. And another thing I love about this episode is I'm releasing it just less than a week or just about a week after we recorded it. And I don't always get to do that because sometimes, usually, I try to get ahead of my schedule. But right now, I'm just not ahead. So the benefit is that this conversation is extremely timely and it was just so much fun. So definitely check out Lisa on Instagram at Lisa Haim. She has so many good blog posts, most recently about pregnancy that I highly recommend. And I just adore her. I adore her story. She's so wise. She's one of the vulnerable ones, one of the best. And I'm so honored to know her. Thank you also to our sponsors for today's episode, Olipop, Beekeepers Naturals, and Cure Nutrition. You can use the code BLONDE for each of those and head to the show notes for all of those specific links. 
And also, if you feel inspired to rate and review the show on iTunes, send me a screenshot to jordanatthebalancewand.com and I will send you my free yoga ebook as a thank you. I hope everybody has such a beautiful soul on fire day and we will talk soon. Mwah.